Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hey, this is Melvin. We're actually on break from the Selling the Couch podcast, but I thought it would be fun just to share some of the most popular episodes as well as some of my most favorite episodes from uh, Selling the Couch. We've had over 200 episodes now, and I know that for me, listening to some of these old episodes, I always pick up something and learn something new. So I hope that you enjoy today's session. Before we do get to today's session, I just wanted you to encourage you to check out the Selling the Couch directory if you haven't had a chance. Uh, Basically, the directory makes it easier for us to connect and support one another as we grow our businesses. So after you register and you sign up, you you create a profile that lets us know more about your practice, the good work that you're doing in the world, uh, the unique niches that you serve, niches beyond just a traditional DSM diagnosis, uh, groups and workshops and retreats and areas of consultation, all of those different things. And after you fill that out, um, it's actually way uh, easier than it sounds. But uh, after you fill it out, your practice gets placed on a Google map. That way, fellow couchies can find you in order to cross-refer clients. If they need a consult on a certain area, they can do that as well. Um, One of the things that we actually have been working on that I'm just like really excited about um, with this recent update is we created a custom cross-refer tool. Um, So if you look on any of these online communities, a lot of times you'll see, you know, hey, I'm looking for, you know, a clinician that that lives in this area, that accepts this insurance, that, you know, works with millennials. And so we thought, why not just make it easy and create a tool to do this? So you basically can run just some filters so you can, you know, ask questions like that. And you click just a a number of different things and you get search results. um, And it makes the process of just cross-referring a lot easier. You can learn more about the directory over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory. And please enter the promo code podcast for your first month absolutely free. We'll get right to today's session. Here we go. Hi there. Welcome to session 108 of Selling the Couch. Hope you're having a uh, warm day. It is bitterly cold here in Philly. We have, for the most part, managed to avoid snow, which has been good for a uh, Southerner like me. But wherever you are, I hope that you and your loved ones are doing really well. So I wanted to do something a little bit different with today's episode. Well, let me take a step back. One of my goals in 2017 is to read one business book a month for the entire calendar year. And 
I thought that, I don't remember where I heard this, but I remember someone saying that the money or the few dollars that you invest in reading a book, if that leads to an idea that creates thousands or tens of thousands of dollars in income, then that will have been worth it. Plus, I'm just a complete nerd when it comes to to reading. Uh, actually, when we were growing up, my parents used to take my sibling and I to the library every week, and we would have to select seven books. And that was kind of what we would do week after week. And so reading, I think, has always been something, a part of my life. And it's something that I've carried on as uh, I've built out and, and grown STC and, and all of those things. So today, what I wanted to do was, when I do get the chance to read and complete a book, once in a while, there is a book that really stands out to me that I just keep thinking, man, I need to share this book and this resource with others. And today is one of those books. The book that I actually read for the month of January is called The One Thing, The Surprisingly Simple Truth Behind Extraordinary Results. And it's by Gary Keller. If you recognize that name, Gary Keller was actually one of the co-founders of Keller Williams Realty. And it's also written by Jay Papasan. And the idea behind this book is this is basic question of how do these very successful companies and these very successful businesses, how are they able to craft innovative products and services? And the idea behind this book is that they do this by focusing on one task at a time, as opposed to to be honest, between you and I, what I tend to usually do is I tend to be doing like three to four projects at one time. So what I want to do today was just share a couple of different takeaways from this book that I hope inspires you as a private practitioner, as an entrepreneur, and as a small business owner. So the key thing again behind this book is that we should always think big in terms of our goals. But to achieve that big goal, you have to focus on smaller goals. So in the book, they call this the one thing. And the one thing, it keeps going back to this idea. So kind of my my first takeaway was this idea of the focusing question. So this is a question that we should be asking ourselves on a daily, on a weekly basis, even in a moment-to-moment basis. And the question is, what's the one thing you can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? So I'm going to say that one more time. So what's the one thing you can do that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? So the whole book centers on this one question, and it gives us the power to organize different areas of our life, not just business, although mainly I'll be talking about business in today's session, but it gives us this way to organize our life based on this one question. One of the key things that this idea is based on is this idea of the domino effect, which is basically that success is identifying that one most important long-term goal in your career and in your life, and then figuring out what the dominoes are that lead to that goal. So the dominoes are kind of the mini goals that will help you knock down or achieve 
that by knocking them down one at a time that you can achieve your long-term goal. So they use a couple of different examples in the book. One of the ones that really stood out to me was the example of Bill Gates. So Bill Gates always had this passion in high school, and his passion was to build computers. And that was his big goal. Now, what he did was he developed mini goals. So he learned computer programming skills. He worked in the programming field. Then his next domino was to build Microsoft. And then eventually, now they have the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which promotes science and technology and health around the world. But Bill Gates, even though his idea was to create Microsoft, he and he had this big dream, what he ultimately did was break that dream into smaller and more manageable steps. Um, Another example that they use in the book is the example of Michael Phelps, and that Michael Phelps, according to the book, was actually diagnosed with ADHD. And as a young child, he had a really hard time concentrating and focusing. And they go into detail about Michael Phelps' own training routine. And his one big thing was swimming, but it was broken down into smaller and smaller tasks that he would do on a day-to-day basis. You know, there was some, I remember in the book, I think he trained for like six to eight hours a day, but each of those hours was actually broken down into smaller things that he could do to reach that bigger goal of becoming the best at swimming. So going back to this idea of the focusing question, taking control of our lives and our businesses uh, focuses is tied back to this focusing question. And the focusing question has three parts, right? So the first part is, what's the one thing I can do? So that part of it, it implies a sense of action and intention, right? So it's not what's the multiple things I can do, but it's what's the one thing I can do. And then the second part is such that by doing it, right? So that section right there makes it very specific. So I have one thing to do. And then by doing that one thing, it gets us into that kind of framework of just focusing on that one thing. And then the last part is everything else will be easier or unnecessary, right? So it's being very thoughtful and it's leveraging the time that we do spend on certain tasks, So think about how this might apply to us as private practitioners, right? Thinking about, I'll give you guys some examples here a little bit, but just for a moment, think about the tasks that you may do on a a day-to-day basis and think about how leveraging something like this question might impact the work that you do and where you prioritize things. The second key takeaway that I learned was the inevitable pattern of discipline and habit in success. So this is something that they write, which is basically that in any discussion about success, the word discipline and habit ultimately intersect. Though separate in meaning, they powerfully connect to form the connection or the foundation of achievement, regularly working at something until it regularly works for you. When you discipline yourself, you're essentially training yourself to act in a specific way. Stay with it long enough and it becomes a routine. In other words, it becomes a habit. And some of the research that they cite in this book is that they say that it takes about 66 days for a discipline to form into a habit. So that I think the thing to remember for us as small business owners is that these things don't happen overnight. It's very much possible, but it's 
through consistent action is kind of the key. You know, when I was reading that section of the book, it was actually so nice to hear because as I think about my own journey with selling the couch, I think, you know, folks often ask me like, you know, how do you grow selling the couch? Why do you think it's grown so much? And I, truth be told, I don't have like the right answer. I don't have like a good answer for that. Honestly, what I think it is, is that I think what I did was every morning I get up at the same time, I have a consistent routine And then, you know, I have this consistent routine of exercise and quiet time and watching a TED talk. And then I block out a chunk of time just to do work on STC. And when I first started that, it wasn't like uh, the first couple of days I had those questions of like, is this really going to work? But the power is that when you keep doing this over and over, even though any one day can seem incremental, uh, it's the combination of putting all of those days together that leads to pretty big results. The third kind of point that I learned away or I learned from the book was just thinking a little bit different about goal setting, right? So we're still, you know, at the beginning of the year in 2017. And most of us have set business and personal and life goals and all of those things. But the way that the the authors talk about goal setting, I was just a very different way of thinking about things. So what they basically say is, you should set your goals in this way. They call it a someday goal. So this is kind of your big vision for what you want in your business, right? And Side note, I think what I've learned is that it's okay that your business looks different than everyone else's, right? Because all of our life circumstances, all of the things that we're passionate about, they look different. So, you know, as private practitioners, maybe, you know, for you, success in private practice is actually just having a a couple of clients that you see for counseling, and then maybe you do some workshops and you build courses out, right? For other folks, maybe it is that the majority of the the time is spent in counseling, and then you may do like supervision or something like that. Or maybe for you, it's like, you know, a little bit of testing, and you've written a book, and now you travel around and you want to do talks where you're an expert on on a certain area. So it can look way different for everyone. But the key thing is you write your someday goal. And then you say, in order to reach that someday goal, right, what should I be doing in five years to hit that goal. And then you say, what should I be doing in one year to hit that someday goal? And then what should I be doing in the next month to hit that goal? What's something I should be doing in the next week to hit that someday goal? What's something I should be doing today to hit that someday goal? And then what's something that I should be doing right now to hit that someday goal? So thinking about it that way, I don't know, for me, it was very eye opening, right? Because sometimes for me, what I do is I set a goal. And then it's like, as soon as the goal is done, I just check it off. So I don't often have like a big vision of what it would look like in the future, how this my current goal or the current step that I'm taking, how it's actually leading to a bigger bigger picture or bigger result down the line. So I hope that kind of helps you look at it a little bit differently. A second related part to goal setting, this actually has 
completely changed the way that I think about myself as a private practitioner and that everything I do with STC, which is, you know, what I usually do is, I know that I've talked to several of you that you guys do this as well. When I start the day, what I do is I will take out a sheet of paper or a post-it note, and I will write down everything that I have to do, almost like a to-do list, right? like a checklist, right? And one of the things that I have found is that I will go down this checklist, but at the end of the day, when I have not accomplished what I thought I was going to accomplish or when I wanted to accomplish more, I inevitably just feel bad. I'm like, you know, why did that not, why did I not achieve that? This book talks about the to-do list, but they actually create or have present this idea of what they call the success list. So it's a two-step process. The first step is you create, all of us, we just create a to-do list of the stuff that we have to do. But then a second thing we do is we create this success list where we filter the things on our to-do list that align with our someday goal. And then on the success list, we prioritize those things so that by filtering all of those things from our list, we're focusing on the things that are the most important for us personally and also the things that help us to intentionally and thoughtfully grow our businesses. They talk in this chapter also, like a related point is they talk about this idea of purpose and priority. So they basically say that before an organization or a small business can have productivity and profit, they must have a purpose and priority first with purpose as the foundation, then having priorities one at a time. So when a company is run with purpose and it's focused on one priority at a time, then the productivity and the profit will result. So the fourth point is this idea, they talk a lot about this four thieves of productivity to avoid. Actually, what I'll do is on the show notes, I will link to a website that the authors develop. And there's a lot of like really cool visuals on this stuff. So you can find the show notes at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 108. And I'll be sure to link to these because they just have some really cool graphics that I think can be really helpful, especially if you're more visual. So there's these four thieves of productivity, and these are the things that we should be avoiding. So they present this idea that one half of knowing what you want is knowing what you must give up before you get it. So it's this whole idea of saying no. This is something that I really struggle with, which is saying no in certain situations, because part of it is, you know, some folks will reach out to me, and I'll be like, oh my gosh, that sounds like an awesome idea, and I want to support them. And they could be really great ideas, but they may not line up with what you want for your business in that period of time. This was not in this book, but in a related article, and I can't remember which article it was, but this article was basically saying is that the most successful business owners and the sort of the wisest business owners, they're masters at saying no. They say no to, you know, 90 to 95% of things because they're so focused on doing that one thing in that moment that they know is going to help their business grow. So the inability to say no is, is the first thief of 
killing our productivity. The number two thief is what they call the fear of chaos. So this is basically this idea, and this is something I struggle with, is that when you focus on that one thing in your business, that means you're saying no to some of the other tasks, right, that that may have to get done. So inevitably, because you're focusing so much time on your one thing, um, other things are going to take kind of a back seat. So let's say, for example, that, you know, I don't know, your big kind of goal is that you want to start to do couples retreats in some sort of an exotic location, right? But then, you know, you've always had kind of this side idea of maybe, uh, you know, writing a book or something, right? So it's that ability to both say no, but then the ability to say, you know what, there's going to be some, like, I'm not going to be able to write the chapter of the book right now because this retreat is my priority. Thinking and shifting the mindset that way is a huge game changer. The third thing that they say that kills productivity is poor health habits. You know, in the book, they say this quote, which is personal energy mismanagement is a silent thief of productivity. So the book actually has a lot of cool tips around just healthy eating and all of those different things. This is actually so nice to hear. One of the previous episodes of the podcast was all about my morning routine, which here I'll link to in the show notes. But a lot of those things that I shared in that about my own morning routine is actually some of the stuff that they recommend as well. And they talk about just health, not just in terms of like physical health, but in terms of of mental health as well. And I just love this idea that the best business owners focus on their own well-being and they prioritize their well-being because they know that their health has a deep impact, their success in business. And then the last kind of thief of productivity is being thoughtful about our environment, right? So creating an environment that is supportive of our goals. You know, in the entrepreneur space, there's this idea, right? This quote of you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with, right? So I like the basic idea behind that quote because the reality is, right, whether intentionally or unintentionally, we're all surrounded by folks that have a range of opinions on things, right? And sometimes there's definitely wisdom to what people are saying. They want the best for us and all of those things. But other times, if you don't surround yourself with the right people, right? And they may say, you know, I don't know if you should be doing that. And it's so easy to get distracted by them and to feel like, man, should I really be doing this? One of the things that's been really helpful for me is the idea of creating an accountability group or a mastermind. And one of the earlier sessions of STC talked a lot about, you know, how I set up a mastermind. But for me, having a mastermind buddy has been a game changer. It's something that I started right when I started selling the couch. We meet once a week for an hour and we just talk about what's going on in our businesses and we brainstorm and and we check in with each other during the week and it's just it's been so helpful because both of us are come from a, an abundance mindset and a growth mindset and even if there are other people or situations in my life where people are like oh, I don't know if you should be doing that I always know that my mastermind buddy is always there encouraging me and supporting me each step of the way the last kind of tip that I wanted to share is this idea of time blocking. So <laughs> I think I may have shared this in the in the Facebook community once in a while, but I have this really <laughs> nerdy Excel sheet where it's a color-coded Excel sheet. And what I did was Monday, you know, seven days of the week, 
I blocked out chunks of time because I just realized that if I'm going to manage selling the couch, healthcasters, private practice, and uh, while still having enough time for my own health and time with family and friends, I'm going to have to block out chunks of time. So I have this Excel sheet. And basically what I've done is I like Mondays, for example, is just work on business days, right? So these are days where I'm creating and planning kind of future things for my private practice and for selling the couch. And then I have what are called, so I work on business. That's one category. That's like one color coded thing. And another thing I have is work in business. So that's for us, for example, when we see clients. So the best way to think about work in business is situations where you're trading time to create income or where you're doing like things like administrative tasks, right? One of the ideas behind, um, there's a really good book, also related book called The E-Myth Revisited, Why Most Small Businesses Fail and What to Do Instead. I'll link to it here in the show notes again. But in this book, they say that one of the reasons why a lot of small businesses fail is that those business owners spend a lot of time working in their business as opposed to on it. So their business either stagnates and and stops growing. So I created this Excel document just to be more thoughtful about where I'm spending my days and just to always be able to track, am I working in my business and am I working on my business? If there's too many hours where there's too many of those, I have them color-coded as like a bright orange where I'm working in my business, then I need to think about how to be more efficient. Like, is there a way I can do this more efficiently? Or are these tasks that I can outsource to other folks? Whether, you know, for us as clinicians, it's like a online business manager, or if you're doing, you know, other kind of related stuff like podcasting or something like that? Can you hire out like a virtual assistant, an editor, all of these kind of things so that you're freeing up that time to be able to create additional products and or just take that time for rest? So going back, sorry, I went on a little tangent, but I felt like that was important. But the last point is this idea of time blocking. And so one of the things I have done on this Excel document is I block out chunks of time. And the authors say that the best business owners, what they do is they try to block out chunks of hours of time, especially early in the morning, where they're just working on their one thing. Right. And what they actually recommend is trying to do like four hours, a chunk of four hours, ideally in the morning. They also say, you know, realistically, some, sometimes that's not possible for folks either because, you know, you have young kids or your work schedule. But so they have some good ideas in terms of how to work around that. But the key concept being is that you set aside chunks of time to intentionally work on your one thing and you've broke at that point, you've already broken down your one thing into some of those success goals. So what you're really doing is during that chunk of time, you are working on that next success goal, so that inevitably, you're getting the uh, the big this, you're reaching that someday goal at one point. So I hope you enjoyed this review of this book. Let me know if this is something that you guys like. You can let me know in the Selling the Couch community at sellingthecouch.com forward slash community. I'm excited for the discussion around this book because I think there's been, you know, a handful of books that have really like changed the way that I approach business. And this book has definitely been one of them. I think since I started employing some of the strategies in this book, I found myself just a lot more focused and a lot more thoughtful 
And I think the best part is I've always struggled, I think, to say no. And I've just realized that you can say no in a nice and a kind way. But it's not because you don't think their idea is great or you don't think the opportunity is great. But it's because, you know, it's just realizing that the best business owners, they focus on one thing at a time. And I can always go back to some of those other opportunities where they'd arise in the future. So you can find show notes to today's episode at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 108. And that'll have all of these key takeaways that I mentioned, as well as a couple of the podcast episodes that I mentioned, and then the books that I mentioned as well. One of the things that I have done with reading these 12 books is, so what I've, I've traditionally been a, I need to get like a hard copy of the book and I like to highlight and make notes and all of those things. Um, One of the things that I've started to do is I actually invested in Audible, which is Amazon's uh, audiobook program, right? So if you want, um, you can actually go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Audible, and you can actually get this book for free. That's an affiliate link, just to be fully transparent. But that link actually gives you your first book absolutely free. And uh, so you can check out this book. But I've been using Audible because... I like it because like a podcast, I can speed it up to like one and a half speed or 1.75 speed or 2x speed. So I get, you know, I could be driving or I could be doing something and I'm listening to these books and I'm getting through them a lot quicker. So then either I can like replay it a couple of times, although it has run into an issue where uh, like the one thing I think I finished it in like two days or something and uh, I could only get one Audible credit a month. So uh, I got to figure that out. But it's been helpful because Audible has been helpful because it allows me to to speed things up. And if I can even uh, like with the one thing, I've already listened to it twice and I'm probably going to listen to it just a third time just to make sure that the ideas in there are crystallized. I also mentioned that they have a a website, which I'll link to here in the show notes. Before I wrap up uh, today's session, I actually wanted to share a big project that I'm working on, an idea that came to me actually over the holiday break, which is the Selling the Couch directory. So uh, my big project for this year, likely for more than this year, will be a, a directory that's focused on us as private practitioners. So this is a directory for helpers and healers, and the intent of it will be to help us to refer clients a lot easier, uh, to be able to connect with colleagues who share our interests and passions, whether that is um, working in trauma or who are trained in a certain theoretical orientation or who have some kind of a advanced training like EFT or EMDR any of these kind of things. You can find out more about the directory. I actually created a prototype of the directory and uh, created a quick little video and you can um, learn more and and sign up for the directory at sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory. Thank you so much for listening to today's session and would love to continue this conversation in the Selling the Couch community, which you can again find at sellingthecouch.com forward slash community. Take good care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. Hey. 
Hey there, hope you enjoyed today's podcast session. And especially if this is your second time listening to this podcast session, I hope that you've picked up just a a new level of insight and something that helps you on your private practice journey. As I mentioned at the beginning, I will be back with new episodes very soon. And before we wrap up again, just wanted to encourage you to check out the Selling the Couch directory over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory. Um, I actually wanted to use this time just to talk a little bit more about not just the directory, but what we're doing and what my big vision for STC is. You know, as Selling the Couch grows, uh, what really weighs on me is how do we use um, our influence and how do we use the resources? And for me, how do I steward well um, all of what I'm creating? And so we're actually taking 50% of the profits from directory sales to create a scholarship fund for kids who have been rescued from brothels in the commercial sex trade. Um, when I was a grad student, I um, was very fortunate to work three weeks in Bombay, India with the NGO and with social workers in Kamartipura, which is the largest concentrated red light district in the world. Um, it's the largest red light district in Asia. And uh, I spent three weeks there, um, spent uh, a day right in the heart of the, cent- of the red light district, um, going into brothels, with um with with the social workers um doing lots of education on everything from hiv aids um all the way to uh, trying to figure out what what some of these workers, the challenges they were facing. And I spent the majority of my time about five hours away um, helping at a school where the kids of these workers um, were were and uh, just to teaching different classes, uh, getting to spend time with them, reading bedtime stories to the little ones. And f- uh, ever since all of that happened, I just have always felt like, man, if I ever get the chance to do some big things in the world, I want to make sure that uh, everything I create uh, leads to something way bigger than me. And so, um, and fortunately, selling the couch happened, and now the STC directory is happening. And so this is where... Uh, I'm hoping that you know we can dedicate our time and our resources, and I really have some big plans as we go forward with this. Again, you can learn more about the Selling the Couch directory over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory. Be sure to enter the promo code podcast to get your first month absolutely free. Have a great rest of your day, and uh, I will see you next time. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.